Have you ever found yourself frustrated with your player or your team and found yourself saying, I keep telling them? Well, today I'm going to dive into the reason behind why so many of us have found ourselves saying that. And I'm also going to share the solution so that you'll never have to say it again. Let's dive in. Welcome, welcome to, uh, I guess we're up to episode number two. So uh, hopefully this goes for a long time, but uh, right now we're at episode number two. Um, and uh, telling's not teaching. <laughs> and uh, as, you, as you heard me say, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about why so many of us have said those words, I keep telling them. Um, and we're going to kind of dive into the background of that. Um, but if you're somebody who works with an individual basketball player, whether you're a parent or a trainer or a coach, one of the things I want to remind you about is uh, a free resource that I've made available, which is um, a, a workshop on planning your time with them more effectively. It goes through each of the six steps that you need to go through when you're planning a workout, when you're planning a practice, uh, if you want to make an efficient use of your time, which time is kind of the thing nowadays that none of us really have a lot of. So uh, I, I want to make sure that you see that. If you are watching on YouTube, um, I'll put a link below. Um, be sure and, and download your copy of, of that workshop. And I, I actually give you some templates to get you started uh, with your workouts or with your practices. So hopefully that's useful. If you're listening on the podcast, um, you can simply go to www.hardsmarttogether forward slash planning workshop. Hard smart together forward slash planning workshop. So hopefully that is useful for you. Um, but today I just want to dive into why so many of us, like I said, have uttered those words I keep telling them. And what I'm going to do is actually take a step back. I think this is kind of the foundation for everything I'm going to talk about in the future when it comes to teaching the game of basketball, when it comes to motivating our players, and when it comes to um, you know, coaching, teaching, whether we're parents or coaches. And that is in order for us to be better teachers, I think sometimes it's really valuable to look into how is it that our players are learning, okay? And so I'm gonna dive into how they actually learn an individual skill um, or really anything, any philosophy, skill that we're teaching them in the game of basketball. Hearing those words, hearing those words of I keep telling them have become a pet peeve of mine, I must admit. When I hear coaches say, I keep telling them, I keep telling them, I keep telling them to box out, I keep telling them to close out, 
I keep telling them to take better shots. I keep telling them not to turn over the ball, whatever it is, I keep telling them. Whether I hear a coach saying it or parents, I hear it all the time. I keep telling them. It's usually you know, something they're watching a game, they're watching their, their kids play, and I don't understand. I keep telling them to box out. Why do they not box out? So it's a pet peeve now of mine, but I have to admit, I am guilty of those very words. So I want to share a story with you. Um, it was my first year coaching high school, and it was, you know, maybe mid-season. It was, a, we, as I mentioned, you know, when I first took over the high school team I took over, we weren't very good. They hadn't won a lot of games before. So each win, each opportunity to get a win was really critical. So we find ourselves at the end of the game. We're in the game. We're, I think we were down by one. All we had to do, the opposing team is at the free throw line. We have to box out. We have to get the rebound so that we have an opportunity to go down and score and win a game. It was so critically important. It was so critically important that I had called a timeout, brought my team over, said, listen, box out. And we had kind of, we had gone over, you know, rebounding in practice. We had run rebounding drills, you know, boxing out. So when I send them back out there, I'm assured they're going to box out. What happens? Of course, the other team misses the free throw. We don't box out. They get the rebound. They win the game. I couldn't believe it. I was so angry. I couldn't believe it. I, I, keep, I kept telling them, we got to box out. I told them just in the timeout before they went out onto the floor for that final free throw. So I was guilty of it. Now that I know what I know about how my players learn and where we were in the learning process, I should have never been surprised that they didn't box out. Um, we weren't far along enough in the learning process and we hadn't created good enough habits yet in order for them to automatically box out during that critical moment. Now I gotta tell you, I laid into the player that didn't box out pretty, pretty good. I laid in, into them huge after the game. I laid into my team. Like, how could they not box out? How could this one player not have boxed out? I was just as frustrated as so many of you as parents, trainers, and coaches have been with an individual player that hasn't created that great habit yet and has done something that you've kept telling them. So back then, I was guilty of it. Now, when I hear it, I cringe. I have friends, parents that, that work out their, their son or their daughter, and they say it all the time. I've had coaches that I've worked with that say it all the time, and now it's become a real pet peeve. So, there's a lot of talk about creating good habits. This is also gonna dive into the foundation for creating good habits. And what I'm gonna do, I mentioned, is today, we're gonna go into how our players actually learn any skill that we're talking about. And today I'm gonna to use some slides. I'm not always gonna use slides on these uh, talks, but today I think it's important because as I mentioned, I think 
Becoming better teachers by learning how our players learn is kind of the foundation for everything we do together as we go forward. So I'm gonna use some slides today. So what we're gonna go over today is something called, I'm gonna dive into something called the adult learning model or ALM, okay? And this is gonna go through four levels of the learning process. There's four levels to the learning process that we're gonna to cover today. Now the important thing to remember is that this process has a beginning and it has an end. So it's not something that'll never end. And the end is really where we get to creating those good habits that we coaches, we parents, or us as fans wanna see. And throughout this process, from the beginning to the end, great teachers can see clues as to where their individual player is in the process, or where, they're, where if you're a coach, where your team is in the process. And when we see those clues, we can adjust our teaching based on those clues that we're seeing. So what's level one? Level one is what's called unconscious incompetence. What does that mean? Simply, your players don't know what they don't know. I see so many times us as coaches, parents that are working with their kids, assuming that players know something, that they know even what you're talking about, that they know the technique that you're talking about, that they know, you know, things that they just haven't learned yet. So you can't assume that players know. In that level one of unconscious incompetence, players just don't know what they don't know. So what's level two? Level two is simply conscious incompetence. That means now they know what they don't know. Now it's important to note, this does not make a player skilled. This just means that now they know they're missing something. So for instance, um, you know, if you've talked about the skill of, we'll use the boxing out, you know, uh, rebounding um, skill as an example. If you've talked about boxing out, but you've never done any drills, you've never shown them any technique, they haven't done it before, you can't assume that they knew what boxing out was before, but now that you've showed them maybe what boxing out is and you've talked about it, now they know there's a skill they need. They need to learn how to box out, but it doesn't make them skilled at it. They don't necessarily know the technique that you want them to use yet. They don't know the best, most effective technique. Um, they know that there's this skill that there's out there that they need to learn. So what's level three? Level three, this is when we're getting to the good stuff. Now we've got conscious competence. Okay, now you might ask yourself, what's conscious competence? That sounds pretty good. That means they've become skilled, but they have to think about it in order to perform that skill. So that means you've done some work, but there's more to go. So this is a perfect example of my story. My story is about 
I had talked about boxing out, so they knew, okay, there's a skill we need to learn. We had done drills around boxing out. Uh, we had worked on it. We had talked about technique. We had, you know, I had even reminded them before they went onto the floor that they needed to do it. But in the heat of the moment, when it's the end of the game, they're thinking about a million things and, you know, it's crunch time, they're tired, they had to think about it. Even though I had reminded them, they had to think about boxing out and it wasn't automatic. So what did they do? They turned, looked for the ball, went after the ball, somebody snuck in because they didn't make contact, you lose a game that way, okay? What I should have realized at the time is, it's not just the player's responsibility, it was my responsibility as a coach. This was a, this was a great clue. Instead of me laying into that player, laying into my team after the game about them not boxing out in that critical moment, that was a clue. I had more work to do. We had more work to do as a team. I had more work to do with that individual player. Maybe to teach them better technique, maybe to do some more drills, maybe to emphasize it in every practice. Because they were consciously competent. If they had time to think about it, they could do that skill, but they really had to think about it in order to do it. It was not something that was going, they could rely on in crunch time. It's not something that we as a team could rely on in crunch time. So what's level four? Unconscious competence. What does that mean? They've learned it. They've learned that skill so well that it's automatic. This is the holy grail of good habits. This is what we, this is when we talk about good habits in general, this is what we mean that unconsciously the players are just doing. I remember there were certain things, you know, when you teach an offense to a team, I, I would install a new offense. And at the beginning, you know, the screens weren't right, the cuts weren't, you know, weren't there, uh, you know, they weren't looking for the right openings, you know, whatever the, the case might be. But then sometimes I'd have players come off the floor after we had worked on it for a year, maybe two years, that same offense, and they go, you know, I, I don't even know why I'm making that cut. I just do, it's just instinctual. Well, that is because they were to the level of unconscious competence and it was just happening for them. So it's important to remember we're talking about creating good habits, but bad habits have probably already been practiced for a really long time. So you've got to recognize as a coach that you're not only creating new good habits through this process, but you're also having to break unconscious, competent, bad habits. It was a bad habit that had been created since this player had been, you know, probably in CYO, to just turn, look for the ball, not make contact with any other players, not to box out, and just run for the ball. Maybe jump a little, who knows? But they certainly had not created a habit of boxing out, of making contact. So we as coaches, again, 
need to see these clues, need to see these bad habits and these bad habits that they've been doing for years and years and years are the same bad habits that are going to pop up at the end of the game when they're tired, when it's a critical, stressful situation, when the game is on the line, that's when the bad habits are going to come out. We kind of know that, but I think it's important to reflect on this process. So you don't have to say, I keep telling them. Telling's not teaching them. You could tell somebody to box out until you're blue in the face. They might not know what you're talking about. You may have never shown them any of the techniques. You may have never done a drill with them. So you can kind of see along the spectrum of level one to level four where a player is in a particular skill set. That could be, you know, in a jump shot. That could be in ball handling. That could be in, you know, being in a defensive stance, having proper footwork, setting a screen properly, using a screen properly. It doesn't matter what skill you're trying to teach a player. You need to recognize where they are in this process. Do they even know what you're talking about? Maybe they know what you're talking about, but they have zero skill in it because they've never done it. Maybe they've done some work in it, but it's just not a great habit yet and they, it's not automatic. Or maybe this is, this is a skill set that they have so dialed in that it is automatic. They have that habit down, a great habit. So us as coaches, us as parents, whoever's working with a player, whether it's an individual player or a team, you need to be clued into this and you'll find yourself It'll become a pet peeve when you hear people say, I keep telling them. Really? That's great. It's great you've told them. How many drills do you do with them? Have you showed them? Have you taken them on the court and showed them? Have you used film to show them a breakdown of this is proper technique, this is improper technique. This is what happens when you do this, this is what happens when you don't do this. Have you used film study? Have you done drills? Have you repeated the drills? I mean, I, I'm going to use kind of an analogy that I think is something that we can all relate to. Remember when you were a little kid and you were riding in a car with your parents? You knew a car, you got in the car, it kind of got you someplace, but you didn't know all the different skills that it was taking for your parent to drive the car. You didn't know about putting it into gear, taking off the parking brake, steering, looking in the rearview mirror, turning on your signals, all the things that it takes for them to drive, you were, at, you were at level one. You had no clue what it took to drive a car. You didn't care. That's why you were probably jumping around, making a ruckus, and your parent was, well, you know, Maybe yelling at you. I got yelled at quite a few times. I might have gotten, you know, more than yelled at for making a ruckus in the car because here they were trying to drive and you didn't even know this was a skill. And then you become like a teenager before you start driving and you know that this is a skill. This is a skill you want to learn. I want to learn how to drive. When I turn 15, I want to, you know, start learning, get my learner's permit. When I'm 16, I want to be able to, um, you know, get my license. In fact, it's funny, I was just at a parking lot over the weekend and I saw a father, he had set up cones and everything and he was teaching his, his I guess, 15 year old son how to you know, make sure and drive properly and 
park the car. So they were doing all these driving drills. I thought it was really cool that the father was taking the time to you know, be so precise in his teaching of his son driving. But so, you know, his son not only knew that there was a skill that he needed to learn, but now he was starting to learn it. So as, you know, a, a teach, as a teenager, he was actually learning the skills. But guess what? He had to think about everything. I was watching him. He was nervous. All he was going to run over was cones, and he was still nervous because he had to think about okay, this is the time I need to turn, I need to start applying my brake, I need to you know, put it in, in uh, park, I need to put on the emergency brake, all the different skills that it took for him to park that car. He was thinking, he was really good at it. I didn't see him kill one cone when I was there, but he was definitely thinking. So he was not to the point of the holy grail of driving, which is unconscious competence. Now, you and me, if you've driven as long as I have, sometimes I go to the store and I find myself there and I'm all, I don't really remember, you know, all the steps that it took. I mean, you don't think today about, well, nobody thinks about turn, putting on their turning signal because nobody seems to do it, but another whole nother topic. <laughs> but you don't think about putting your car in drive and putting, you know, you know putting on the gas and braking, it's all automatic now. And hopefully it's good habits. Um, sometimes, like I said, I get to the store and I'm like, how did I get here? I know I drove here, but it was kind of automatic. I got in my car, I, I drove the streets. It, it's kind of like, you know, I wasn't even thinking, oh, this is a place I turned for the store because I've been to the store so many times. It's automatic, the holy grail of driving. So that's what we're trying to get to with our players the holy grail of good habits. We're trying to create these good habits by getting him through this process with any skill from beginning of unconscious incompetence, they don't even know what you're talking about, to the end of unconscious competence. So at the beginning of this, <laughs> I promised you a solution so that you'll never have to say, I keep telling them again. Now, I'm not saying that you'll start that tomorrow, but if you found yourself saying, I keep telling them, and you wanna stop that, here's your solution. Keep working with your player. If you find yourself ever even thinking, I keep telling them, there's more work to be done on that skill because they either don't know what you're referring to, don't know what you're talking about, or you haven't gone through the proper technique with them, or they've done some work and they just haven't done enough drills on that particular skill, they haven't done enough work, you haven't worked with them enough, you haven't shown on enough film, you haven't been on the court enough with them, you haven't talked through it enough. There's more work to be done. There's more work to be done as a player, but there's more work to be done as a teacher. And that's all we're, we should see when even we think, oh, I keep telling them. Because telling is not teaching. There's a lot that goes into teaching and there's a long process. And each player is different. This process may be quicker for, other, for some players and longer for others. So that's part of you as a coach. If you're coaching a team, you need to recognize what players, where are they particularly in that process? And that can help you bring in new teaching techniques. And we're going to talk about a lot of different teaching techniques in, 
in future talks, future chalk talks. But, um, you know, maybe it's different teaching techniques you need to use. I'll talk about some that I've used. I'll talk about some I've seen other coaches use, other trainers. Um, we'll, we'll talk about, but we need to understand that this learning for our players is a process, beginning and end. So, to kind of wrap up here today, I, one of the things I'd like to see is, I'd like to see if this was useful for you. I mean, we're just getting going with these chalk talks. Was this a useful chalk talk? Is this, is this useful to look into kind of the adult learning system and the process or in um, the process of uh, adult learning model. I'm sorry. <laughs> but is this is this been useful for you to look into the adult learning model and the four distinct steps along the learning process? And is this going to help you with you and your individual player or your team? Um, please kind of leave a comment if you're if you're uh, on YouTube, leave a comment. Um, let me know. Yeah, more stuff like this. Would like to see some different stuff. Maybe share some stories of, of if you've ever found yourself saying, I keep telling them, um, you know, will this help you so you don't have to say that anymore about your player or your players? Um, in addition, be sure and download the planning a workshop. I think it's really, uh, I want to I get your feedback on that as well. Hopefully it's a useful tool for you. Um, and until next week, uh, I want to thank you for spending some time with me today, but most importantly, I want to thank you for spending the time with your player or players and helping them play hard, play smart, and most importantly, play together. Thanks.